agnostics, long-haired weirdos, short-haired weirdos, vandals, hooligans. The government hug the government love, the government hug the government love, the government Welcome to The Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Michael Baranowski, a professor of political science at Northern Kentucky University. I'm joined today by both of my conservative counterparts, Cleveland Area Attorney Jay Carson and political and policy analyst Kristen Matheny. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. You know, before we get started, and gosh, we have an awful lot to talk about this week, I want to thank our newest supporters, Fran, Sam, Josh, Sean, Amy, and Jacob. And uh, it was... Uh, a lot of supporters. Yeah, a lot of supporters, <laughs> and we, re- we really appreciate it, you know, and, and especially as I've told a lot of our new supporters, in, in times like this, when, when things are so awful and polarized. I feel like what we try to do on this podcast is more important than ever. And I think listeners are responding to that. And we really appreciate that. Uh, uh, Jacob, uh, in particular, wrote in to say, thank you for all of your thoughtful podcasts since I started listening to you over four years ago. So he's a, an old timer with wow. the show. Yeah. Uh, he says, I know good information requires hard work. So I've decided to stop mooching and pay up. Uh, the the recent insights you all bring are well worth it, and most importantly, the respectful attitudes you model are something we need so much more of. So thank you very much for that, Jacob. And all of you know that when you're a Patreon supporter, you get that second full-length episode every week. You get ad-free versions of all of our shows and other things at different levels. And to check it out, just go to patreon.com slash politicsguys and as always, we don't want uh, inability to support the show because times are tough to uh, get in the way of having you get that extra content. So if you'd like that, uh, just send me an email, mikeatpoliticsguys.com, and I will be sure to get you all set up. And, of course, if you're not a fan of Patreon, we also have PayPal, and you'll find a PayPal support option at politicsguys.com slash support. Thank you guys all so very much. So – to kind of get to our first story, before we get to our first story, I just want to say we had hoped in last week's show to have all of us get together. In fact, it was Jay's suggestion. He uh, he texted me or con- he contacted me, uh, I think it was Wednesday, actually, when everything was going on on the 6th and said, you know, should we do a show? And, and I said, yeah, I think we definitely should. And we tried to get everyone together, but the logistics just didn't come together. And so for people wondering why... Jay and Kristen weren't on. They they both really wanted to be on the show last week, but it just didn't work out. And so I'm happy that the three of us can be on the on the show this week. So with that, I will turn things over to Kristen. Yeah. So the first topic is sort of a, I guess, a, fo- a natural follow up to your discussion uh, last week and everything that's been going on for the last two weeks. Um, so. You know, this is about um, some of the deeper implications and developments of the riots uh, in the ca- at the Capitol. Um, and so we wanted to address a couple of like key questions in all of this. And that's uh, the first one is whether there are further national security implications here. Um, we also wanted to discuss Trump's reaction since um, and sort of the, how the media has handled all of this. The ongoing investigation into who was involved and how these events occurred, because that's something that's developing 
I mean, even today I was getting um, news alerts on my phone about, you know, different things and, you know, evolving with the investigation. And then finally, some of the arrests that have come from it. And, and a lot of those occurred this week. So it's it's definitely not a news story, but it's a story that's like a, a juggernaut. It's just constantly evolving like so many stories we talk about um, here on the show. So I guess uh, that's the intro, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess the one thing I think a lot of folks are wondering is they heard, you know, they heard my reaction and and uh, and Trey's and Ken Ken's reaction to this, and I think a lot of folks are saying, well, you know, Trey and or sorry, Ken and myself, we're clearly people of the uh, of the left center to maybe a little bit further out Ken would be and and Trey is is still a Republican in name but he's you know he he was a a Biden supporter and was very vocal about that and so a lot of folks I think wanted to hear your reactions to, you know, immediate and both after you've had a little bit of time to think about it. And so I, I, I certainly would want to hear that as well. I think I have a pretty good idea, but maybe we can, maybe I can turn things on you guys a little bit and say, you know, uh, Kristen, Jay, uh, maybe starting with you, Kristen, what, what was your reaction? What's your reaction now to, to what happened on January 6th? Well, you know, I have had a lot of time to think about it, but my reaction has really not changed, which is why I was so bummed that I couldn't be on the show last week, because I think I would have said uh, the same thing. Unfortunately, my day job, I had to do the day job, so I wasn't able yeah. to join, but, um, you know, it happens. But um, yeah, so my reaction hasn't been the same. Um or, or, I'm sorry, has been the same. So the, the first thing that came to mind was that I was upset that there were a lot of people on the right, um, a, a lot of people who I know personally, um, who weren't really taking responsibility for what happened. Um, and that really upset me because I think that, um, you know, my fellow Republicans and conservatives are often so quick, you know, all for the last year, I feel like we've been so quick to point the finger at what was going on with riots across the country. Um, and, you know, to point out some of the violence, some of the, the violent rhetoric. Um, and yet, you know, when the ball was in our court, um, you know, there, there was this, this horrible event, this riot that occurred on, on Capitol Hill. And I think one of the, the things that, that disgusted me about some of the people on the right was just this, this, um, uh, this like, ignoring of what happened and this refusal to take responsibility. So that that was the first thing that came to mind was that I, I feel like there was this tremendous lack of taking responsibility that I was I was wanting to hear. And I was happy to hear that there were a lot of Republican um, elected officials who did step up and take responsibility for it. I thought that was necessary. Um, you know, on the other hand, um, you know, the way that the media has handled it, the way that other elected officials have handled it, um, it's just become like a just a political circus. And it's just I think overall it it sort of serves the purpose of showing us just how divided we are as if we weren't already aware enough, um, you know, just how divided we are, how divided the coverage is. Um, you know, I guess those were my my two big takeaways. It was like a combination of like disgust and anger. Jay, what about you? Um, so, you know, I, I think the uh, and, and this is this, this is one of the reasons I wanted to to go on, you know, sort of uh, soon. And I, and I think we're I'm, I'm with the same with Kristen. I don't think. Uh, my perception or or ideas or or of what happened has changed. But um, first, I I want to say uh, 
I was wrong on on a whole lot of of my predictions. Uh, uh, I had, uh, you know, said a number of times, hey, I think Trump is going to, uh, this is merely rhetoric. Uh, once the Electoral College votes, once it's all counted, he's going to say, yeah, yeah, I was cheated, but we're going to have the best uh, transition ever. Um, and I I got that call wrong. Um, my my sense uh, in, and, and I'll tell you, I had sort of a, a weird uh, change of heart. This is um, a week ago, Monday, two days before the riots, when uh, they published the Georgia phone call, and I, I did, I, po- I uh, posted something on the um, Discord uh, group saying this that you know, in reading Trump's statements uh, or the, the, just the transcript of the phone call, I I came away very much with the impression that uh, he is uh, delusional, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a medical, you know professional right. to to make that diagnosis obviously but the the transcript reads not as someone who is trying to float political talking points to to get some sort of aim uh or you know knows he's trying to steal an election it it sounds very much like someone who really believes uh despite all the evidence that he won and he won by a lot yeah. uh and that that troubled me. And I even posted that I said, I think, look, a, a 25th Amendment discussion is warranted uh, at, at this point. Um, Wednesday, uh, and, and again, this is a little weird because I was in the middle of a work call, uh, actually on, on the phone with some other uh, folks who are active in the, the conservative movement. And we were sort of aghast uh, you know, one, one guy was reporting, Hey, are you seeing this on TV? They're actually storming the Capitol. This is, you know, um, and I think the other place where, where I just got things wrong, um, was I underestimated the, the propensity, uh, for violence uh, among these, these Trump supporters. Um, I had worked in, uh, you know, when I was worked in the legislature, uh, I worked for a representative who, who had a fairly conservative district, sort of semi-rural. Um, and, you know, I, I met a lot of colorful characters, right? I met a lot of, uh, you know, we'd often say There's a, this guy's a great American and people who are who are very unapologetically patriotic, uh, uh, proud of their guns, proud of their, uh, you know, their their rural heritage, um, uh, uh, very distrustful of, of federal and or state government. Um, but nonetheless, all those people that, that, uh, I knew, uh, and, and had worked with and, and came to know, uh, none of them, I believe would have been involved in any sort of violence or would have condoned any sort of this sort of violence, uh, uh and, and destruction. Um, and, and so I, again, I think I was, I think I may have misread some of the Trump supporters, and I, I thought it was just sort of these these good old boys who I I had known, and and again were sort of maybe colorful characters, um, but certainly not uh, not uh, people who would who would turn violent or or engage in the, the kind of behavior that 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 we saw Thursday. Um, third, and this is more of a philosophical point just on on where i'm I'm coming down on this and and kind of goes to Kristen's point of uh, folks who did have have conservatives and Republicans who have not uh, jumped up quickly enough to condemn this. Uh, my whole view of of conservatism 
uh, Mike, and we talk about this uh, probably ad nauseum to a whole lot of people, uh, is this sort of you know Burkean uh, classical uh, liberal um, view of of how government and society should run. Um, Jonah Goldberg had uh, written something, and I don't even remember where, if it was one of his books or if it was a National Review uh, piece, um, about uh, uh, mobs. And, and the whole idea is that the whole idea of conservatism uh, is opposed to this sort of mob mentality and mob rule. And um, uh, I, what I refer to on the, the uh, one of the things is the torches and pitchfork bullshit sort of stuff. I mean, it's the same thing that Burke uh, pushed against. And um, uh, Jonah's uh, statement uh, was was something along the line. And again, this is something he wrote years ago, and it, it may have even been related to like initial Trump campaigning. Was that nothing ever, nothing good ever happens in a mob, right? Um, and, and to me, that whole notion um, is is counter to everything that I think conservatism ought to stand for. Uh, so I, you know, that's that's kind of where I am, and and uh, um, it's it's uh, it it's tough because um, uh, there there is this this push of um, oh, you know, and I guess I guess the other piece I want to point out there is there is also uh i think something to be tremendously happy and hopeful about uh and that is despite this this mob uh and what happened the system worked uh you, you know vice president pence um did the right thing mitch mcconnell did the right thing uh, mitt romney um did the right thing uh, lindsey graham um uh, a lot of these folks stood up. Now, Kristen's right. There's also folks who didn't stand up, and folks, particularly in the House, uh, that I think it's that's that's troubling. Um, but I, I think you know, long long run, um, it it's it shows something the the uh, the, the staying power of our republic. And I because here's the thing: I don't even think for for example, Mike Mike Pence, um, Mitch McConnell. Uh, I don't think there was ever even a second where they would have entertained the notion of what of what Trump was was talking about. Uh, it was sort of dismissed out of hand. And on the one hand, there's a lot of folks who who are saying, "Well, you know, uh, we should look to to McConnell uh, or to um, uh, Pence and say, look, this guy was is a hero.'" And in some respects, I, I think he he was. But but another respect. He's just doing really the very basics of his job, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, on the one hand, I, I very much appreciate what he did, but I think it's also, uh, you know, he they they just did they did what they were supposed to do. So, um, I, I think we can take some hope uh, from from that. So, yeah, I, I I don't I'm not as hopeful as you are certainly. I mean, I I think. I think a lot of the, you know, I respect. I didn't say I, didn't say I was hopeful. Okay, I said we could take, some hope, sure. <laughs> we can take some hope. That's where it is. Yeah, you know, I think that there were a lot of people who didn't stand up, and a lot, of, you know, and I've said I said this last week. I said I, it's not that I don't blame the insurrectionists for doing what they did, because if you went in there and you know the. the People who you know beat the Capitol police officer to death with the fire extinguisher, or who were, or who were you know beating on uh, police with with flag, American flagpoles, and talk about the just bizarre anti symbolism and all oh, that's that's horrific and horrendous, and I hope they get exactly what they deserve. But the people I really believe are are, are responsible are are the people who have manipulated these folks, and of course that starts 
with President Trump, you know, there are reports saying that, multiple reports saying that when this first happened, you know, the president was watching this stuff and actually taking yeah. a certain amount of pleasure in this thing. And it took uh, quite a while for him to actually act. And to this day, he has not yet done what I think we would both, we would, we would all agree that any responsible president would do was would go on TV and make a national address in the light of the Capitol being stormed by a mob, which, you know, hasn't happened since 1814. So the idea that that didn't happen, uh, the idea that, I mean, it's clear that Donald Trump has abrogated, you know, his, all of his responsibilities as president and the buck stops with him. And I would say that Donald Trump has done more to harm, to, to damage democratic norms and trust in this country than any president I can think of in the history of the republic. And I think he will go down in history being infamous for that. Yeah, I think he had maybe one very small window where he, he could have he could have done something um, and, and, you know, maybe gone on gone on national TV at eight o'clock on Wednesday night from the Oval Office uh, and and said this is a terrible day for America, uh, and and taken responsibility uh, for for at least some of what happened, um, uh, and and said that this is not you know why I ran this is not what I, I I intended this is and 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 done something like that to to do some sort of uh, for lack of better word uh, damage control to to save his legacy. Um, but he didn't, he had sort of these half-hearted tweets, uh, and, and pre-recorded videos. And, and again, from what, from what we read and we don't know everything yet, uh, and from what folks have alluded to, uh, Liz Cheney said uh, something in, in her, uh, uh, floor speech when she voted to impeach that, you know, listen, as, as we learn more and we're going to be learning more, um, you know, about what he was doing during that during that time. Uh, we do know there were multiple calls from uh, congressmen, from from governors, from all sorts of other insiders to the president saying, you've got to get out there and say something. And uh, there are reports that, uh, uh, you know, advisors, uh, Ivanka Trump and uh, Matt, uh, Mark Meadows were urging the president, look, you've got to do something uh, right now. And again, he was he only reluctantly put out sort of this, this half-hearted, uh, uh, tweet. Um, and I think that's, that's just really troubling whether, and again, to, to me, there, there's a real question, um, of, of whether he is, you know, in his, in his right mind. Yeah. Um, and I guess, cause the other, the other part of this to me in the right mind question is it's, uh, you know, goes to sort of something that, that people have, have asked sort of, well, with these, these people who broke into the Capitol, what, what exactly was the plan? Uh, I mean, uh, to some extent, some of it, there was evidence that they wanted to take hostages. Uh, some may have wanted to uh, assassinate uh, the vice president. Um, but then there's also just, and you, you get this from the video and from some of the pictures, that all these folks who got in there and just sort of have this bewildered look about them, and they figured, oh, we, we broke into the Capitol, now let's take some selfies, um, that, that this was just, uh, you know, in insanity, I guess. and and I. I, I don't know a, a better word for it uh, um, yeah. th- than that. Well, you know, and, and getting back to the responsibility point, you know, it seems to me it just feels like a, a sorcerer's apprentice type of situation where a bunch of people 
uh, Donald Trump first and foremost, but Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, and, you know, yeah. Mo Brooks and some others said, well, this is something we can use that's going to help us, you know, whip up, whip up the crowd and stay in power. And this is the kind of, you know, rhetoric that's always been used. And we're just going to take it up to 11, but it's going to be fine. And all of a sudden now they realized, oh, well, this is out of control, but they're still trying to sort of, you know, triangulate that well i mean because someone like a like a josh holly he's painted himself into a corner so is donald trump yes. uh, and so is ted cruz and i think it's pretty clear that uh, i think more than anyone else josh holly except for donald trump bears responsibility for elected officials because here's a guy who sees himself as the, as the next president of the united states and thought well i can be the heir to donald trump and He's clearly somebody who, given his background and pedigree, knows that all this all, that he's peddling in lies, and that's just well, what they that, are. Well, I think that's I think that's a, a really good point because um, to the extent that I, I say I think Trump may be truly delusional and and uh, believe this, um, Josh Hawley and uh, Ted Cruz are both um, Ivy League law graduates, both clerked for Supreme Court justices. Um, I mean, the, if, if you have any idea how how elite that is yeah. right i mean um uh and and uh neither holly nor cruz uh is insane um i think they they obviously knew better but but did this out of political calculus and and I, that's that's really troubling um uh and, and disappointing because they they are people who certainly know better um and and allowed this to to go forward and i think could have could have had there's so many other ways that that they could have uh, uh, people could have played this out because I'm and and Kristen, I'm interested in your thoughts on mm-hmm. on election issues. Uh, I I still absolutely believe there's there are plenty of reasons why we should take a good hard look at this election. Yeah, um, and and uh, mail in voting and and a lot of these shenanigans that happened, a lot of um, uh, uh, you know activist decisions uh by by state supreme courts mm-hmm. uh and 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 that's that's really a a proper topic uh for discussion but all of those again all of those put together does not uh, uh you know it doesn't add up numbers don't add up uh even close um to a trump victory uh much less a trump landslide uh and and there's there's plenty of other ways to to do this rather than a sort of a fake uh certification or a fake certification objection um uh which which would indicate that look we can somehow change the result uh and and those those folks knew better and uh, uh didn't uh were 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 happy to go along with uh with the goofy um you know sort of sort of linwood um uh narrative yeah, I, you know, I, I wanted to touch on something here because, um, you know, I, I find myself kind of thinking about some of these bigger picture issues for, for the first time in a very long time. Um, I'm starting to think about things like messaging. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I deal with social media for work. Um, you know, I, I work with it. So, you know, and, and we'll probably get more into some of those issues. But, you know, I've been forced to think about messaging with, you know, the the banning and the, you know, deplatforming and and I, I've been kind of thinking about what's what's happened over the last four years. And um, you know, like a lot of Trump supporting Republicans, um, I've seen and felt a lot of anger 
about some of the messaging issues that we've had and and some of these some of the r- truly inflammatory and and I think hate-filled language coming from people on the far left towards people like me, people who are just kind of like regular, you know, Trump yeah. supporters, Republican Trump supporters. Um, you know, I've I've made no secret on on this show of the fact that, you know, I don't always agree with Trump. I think he I, I totally agree with Jay that that he just fumbled this one and, and messed this up. I think it's gonna tarnish his legacy um to to a to a great extent. Um, I think I agree with Jay. There, there was this narrow window where something could have been done, um, and and certainly not enough was done on his part and on the part of a lot of Republicans, like I said before. But you know, one of the things that that I've talked about on this show also is consistency. And um, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people on the right have sort of pointed a finger at, um, you know, and said to people on the left is like, you're using this inflammatory messaging, this sort of hate-filled messaging. You're painting us to be all of these truly awful things, things that I, I don't even want to say, you know, the names and the things I've been called, and 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 I'm sure you've been called, Jay. They're not oh, yeah. true, um, but they're, <laughs> but I, you know, it, yeah, I mean, it's, and and I'm sure you, you and I like, you know, and I'm sure Mike has stories too, moving in the opposite direction. I mean, just the, the, the amount of, of divisiveness and hatred coming from one side to another, I think is the thing that disgusts me the most. And so, you know, for, for the last four years, um, you know, I've experienced per, just personally the loss of family members, the, the loss of friends over, over this, not over anything I've done or said, but they They've made the choice to uh, essentially abandon me and, and other members of my family and friends um, just because of how we voted. And just, this is the state that we're in right now. You know, we're sort of deep in this hole and we're looking up and and, you know, I, I I'm not hopeful about that. I wish I could be more hopeful about that. But for the last few years, you know, I've pointed to the left and I've said, you know, like, look, there is this this hatred. Yes, it's also coming from the right. There's divisiveness on both sides. But, you know, look at some of the things Maxine Waters says. Look at some of the things Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said, like, you know, these truly hateful, mm-hmm. inflammatory things. So you have this this powder keg situation that sort of came to a, a bubble, bubbled over in, in a capital riot. It was disgusting. It was, you know, hate filled. It was it was angry angry and and violent and you know you know if we're going to sit here and we're going to point at the left and say look at all these horrible things you've said look at you know what you've incited in the pet look at look at all this violent rhetoric that you've used we must and i'm talking to all republicans right of me you know more moderate than me we must hold ourselves responsible first i hold the republican party more responsible i i look to to the republican party and i'm more ashamed of what they've done than the left because i've come to expect better and i've not seen that from people on the right and so i think a lot of us um you know who are sort of in the middle where we did support trump and and we do think that there are some legitimate issues like jay said you know uh with you know election results this is a deeper conversation we need to have the same sort of finger pointing and anger that we're projecting on the left, we now need to project tenfold on the right and we need to hold ourselves accountable. And I think that's what that's why I was so frustrated with with Trump's response or lack thereof. And that's why I was so frustrated 
you know, with some of the members of Congress and, and uh, you know, other elected officials not coming out immediately and condemning it, because I thought this is an opportunity for us to show what we're all about. You know, we're not about mob rule. We're not, all these things Jay said. He's absolutely right. But we just like we dropped the ball. And I was so disgusted and I was so frustrated by it. And I'm still frustrated by it. I just feel like we could do better. We could do better. Yeah. 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 And. And I, I, I would put, I think that's, that's exactly right. And <clears throat> you, you bring up, this is sort of the, the, one of the real challenges for uh, leaders uh, in the Republican party, conservative movement on the right, whatever, you know, you want to want to call it is uh, trying to get uh, uh, rank and file people out there, the people who have been shunned and and uh, sort of you know called names and so forth right. uh, by all these people to get them to take that high road <clears throat> and and it's it's not easy because the the blowback that you hear and you get and the anger is look why why can't why can't we be angry back right why can't we say mm-hmm. nasty things back they're going to call us all these things and this is part partly how trump was elected right right I mean, like he dig was, in he your was, heels fight fire yeah, he, with was, fire. he was elected because yeah. he was the guy who was going to fight yeah uh that he was not going to back down um uh, and 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 to to some extent it, and Kristen, i'll tell you this is something that this, I mean, this is haunts me personally. This is my own weird psychological issues, and I and it kind of comes up with comes up at work all the time, right? I mean, I, I'm in litigation, um, and you know my my worldview is is always that you know you ought to try to meet the other guy halfway, uh, understand where they're coming from, uh, not be a jerk. Uh, you know, you're there to do your job, represent your client, and so forth. Um, and, I, and I can't tell you how many times in my life I've had the situation where uh, I've I've sort of done something out of um, and, and your husband is attorney, so you, maybe he can have yeah. the same sort of experience. But but so you do the right thing, you do the decent thing, uh, and then the other guy screws you. And and it's it's tough to live with that, right? It is mm-hmm. it is really tough to say, um, uh, you know, hey, I. I I don't know, but but anyway, that's that, and that's sort of it comes back to me the, the same thing. Here is is you want to take the high road, uh, and then the someone else uh, will will point out quite correctly, um, you know that that yeah you're gonna you're gonna lose, and that's that's a that's a problem we have to face, and we got to figure a, a solution out of it. I mean, it's it it is sort of the Mitt Mitt Romney problem, right? I mean, we. Um, uh, Mitt, Mitt Romney, I think, uh, was a, a is a great person, a, a nice guy. Um, he ran a, a a decent campaign, one that was not likely to win in any event, just because of you know other other issues. But um, you know, they they accused him of murder, essentially, um, and he smiled and took it and took the high road, and he lost. And and I think people then, uh, especially Donald Trump, in the next election cycle, took that lesson and said, "No, I'm not going to." back down and that's it's it's difficult to find that place of of not backing down of not caving in 
um, but also of, of still taking the high road and not throwing gas on the fire. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think there's a distinction between, I think you'll both agree, between taking the high road and just not responding and being this sort of, you know, uh, classically virtuous person and inciting riots or, 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 or insurrection and, you know, murder. Uh, I think there's a pretty pretty fine, there's a pretty big line between those two things. And Donald Trump has pretty clearly stepped over that line. And the fact that I am, I am fairly certain that Donald Trump will suffer no real consequences for this. I think that that's a lesson as well, because I, and and I think, you know, Josh Hawley will suffer. Sure. His book contract was canceled, but someone else is going to pick that up. And sure. Big donors are not going to be giving to him maybe for a while, but you know, Donald Trump got a, a huge portion of his money from small money donors. And so I think the lesson here that a lot of ambitious, smart, amoral people like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, by the way, the most hated man in the Senate, by all accounts, have picked up on is the big lie works. I mean, Donald Trump has built his career on the big lie. Even even before the Obama birther thing, he realized that if you just scream loud enough and get enough people go along with you, the truth doesn't really matter. And he has proven that that works. And I think politicians like Josh Hawley, like Ted Cruz, have picked up on that. And that's going to be, and I know we're going to talk more about this later, probably in the bonus show. I think that's the future of the Republican Party. And it's, it's, it makes me incredibly, incredibly sad. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, one, one other thing I, I wanted I was, to- Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to- I was gonna, Add in something else that again this this episode's a little a little kind of goofy freeform, um, you know because of because of what it's the best kind of episode yeah yeah um, but and part of that and I, and I think you're right but there's a, there's a there's another piece to that and that is um, that we've had this huge collective uh, distrust in our institutions. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and in some cases that's warranted. Uh, and that's, that's troubling to me also. And I think Kristen, you, you might agree with me on that, that, Big time, yeah. you know, look, the, the idea that, um, sort of the mainstream media, uh, has, has gone so far that, that no matter what they report, even if what they're reporting is absolute fact, uh, you have people who will now will not believe them because of, uh, past, uh, past issues. And, and there's, there's also just something going on that, again, I, I don't understand this whole QAnon phenomenon. Uh, uh, and, and again, I would have written them off, uh, and had written them off as, Hey, it's a couple goofy people in their basements. Um, and, and not any actual real, uh, movement or group of people, but, but here's a lot of folks marching and waving flags and, um, uh, again, it's it's tough when you see on TV, right? I mean, is it when when they show those people? Well, okay, is it those ten people, or or is it really you know ten thousand people um, who are out there believing this? But but that to me is is also troubling, and that and that goes beyond politics, right? I think that's just um, a strange. Just uh, I, I don't even know how you how you deal with something like like that that is is sort of so unhinged. Um, I don't know, Kristen, if you have any thoughts on, on that, um, I think you you sort of have studied that or have more expertise on that than, than I do. But um, yeah, I think that's troubling. And that's that's something that wasn't there 
um, in the past. It, it's not just here's the regular economic anger or policy anger or even the, the cultural anger, right, of, of, hey, my guy who represents the good old days versus uh, versus uh, these progressives. Um, it's, it's something that is just out there crazy and bizarre, and I don't know how to account for it. Yeah, I I mean just to pick up with your with your media point cuz that is something that um that I've had to study in a you know in a work context and also you know in an academic context um you know the role of the media the role of messaging how they control messaging how they you know manage to persuade and and incite in in some cases um you know I've I've compared all of this I love Dr. Seuss and I've compared on this show kind of what's going on is like this escalation to the point where it's like a, the last scene from the butter battle book you know which is famously about the berlin wall where you have you know somebody from one side and somebody from the other each one holding a bomb ready to drop it on the other side and it kind of ends with a big question mark and you know i've said in the past often that i think that we are kind of on the precipice of that i think we're moving towards that you know we're almost there and i think we're there and um you know i i guess the you know ending and and this gives me a lot of pause and and a lot of it causes me a lot of frustration and and a lot of sadness i think all, i think all three of us can agree um probably because you know each of us sees that you know the kind of the the fate of the the country and and this divisiveness it, you know it kind of hangs in the balance right now and and we're at this moment where um, the divide is increased by, you know, the messaging of the media. And I'm not just necessarily talking about right wing media or left wing media, because, um, you know, I've heard shocking and and like truly incredible in a bad way. Uh, things said um, by people on the right and people on the left, people who purport to be journalists who are nothing but, you know, like conspiracy theorists, pundits, you know, depending on which which side you're on. These are people who, um, you know, make a living out of, you know, uh, you know, espousing the these these crazy beliefs that the Q people um, on one side, you know, you have uh, people in mainstream media who are, you know, sort of like fanning the flames of this violent language who are diminishing the role of people on the other side. Um, I just I feel like that rhetoric and that type of language that's being used more and more and more is just incredibly dangerous and damaging, like to the to the point where for the first time in, you know, my like a little over three decades on the planet, for the first time, um, I feel scared about the future. And I think, you know, ultimately, you know, you know, uh, President Trump is, you know, he's not going to be in office starting on Wednesday. And, you know, I, I think, you know, on, on the left, I have a lot of Democratic friends who aren't terribly political, who are just overjoyed with the fact that Trump will not be in office and, you know, we'll have President Biden. And, you know, they, they believe that things will get better. And I absolutely don't think things will get better, not because of Joe Biden, but because of where we as a society are and where we as a country are and the damage that's been done. I mean, in, in my lifetime, I hope that we're able to move past this and forget. But there's so much anger and so much division. And I mean, I don't mean to keep repeating myself, but I think I think I place a lot of that blame. I, I place a lot of it on politicians like uh, President Trump on, you know, people on the left and on the right, all of this divisive language, but I place a lot of that responsibility on the media, you know, and, and, and I think, um, you know, I, I don't think that that point gets lost, but I just feel like every single day more and more I see it. Um, I see it being stoked and it just, it makes me feel a lot of like despair. Yeah, definitely. 
You know, we haven't we haven't even touched on impeachment yet. Go figure. But <laughs> before we do get to that, one other point I just wanted to quickly bring up before, before we move on is, you know, we haven't even talked about the massive security failures. And certainly there's going to be some sort of 9-11 type commission on the security breakdown, because one of the first things, well, after I had after I recovered from my shock that I that occurred to me was, wow, if I'm a if I'm a Russian or a Chinese agent, you know, government, I, I am I have people in that crowd for sure, because we would have people in that crowd if, you know, we were if there was a strategic rival and we had evidence that they there was going to be some sort of a of then. And there was plenty of evidence of that. And so these people almost assuredly had access to the Capitol and access to computers and documents and things like that. And, you know, we don't even know what the national security implications of that are, but that's, you know, that's something that's going to come out. And certainly we're seeing some of the, you know, people resigning and being fired and so forth. But that, that is a, that is a really big deal from a, just from a security standpoint. And certainly there are going to be, uh, th- there'll be a commission and there will be, and you know, I'll certainly be interested in seeing where that, where that leads. So you guys want to talk about impeachment? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, all right. So I'll, I'll intro the topic, although I think we all know what's going on. <laughs> so um, President Trump was impeached for uh, the official charge was citing insurrection. Um, this is his second impeachment from the House of Representatives. And this happened on January 13th. So just this earlier this week. Um, and just to a quick update, 10 Republicans joined Democrats uh, voting to impeach. And that included most notably Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming, um, the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney. And so um, I guess some of our questions moving forward just to kind of spur the conversation, because we all kind of, you know, we, we watch the news, we knew what happened, but, um, you know, what are our predictions? What will happen next? Um, you know, there's an, a, obviously a very abbreviated timeline here. The inauguration is going to be taking place this Wednesday. So, you know, what's going to happen between now and then? And, you know, the bigger question that that I guess I'm I'm more interested in answering is, you know, what does all of this mean and and where does it lead? Is it just, you know, is it just going to fizzle out or is this something that's going to have bigger implications? So I'll I'll turn it over to to you guys and then I'll weigh in, I guess. (laughs) I guess guess the point I want to start with is just the article of impeachment. And it seems to me, I I know some people uh, are arguing, well, it's too legalistic in that sense. And And I get that argument saying, well, did what Donald yeah. Trump do? I don't. I'd argue that. Yeah. yeah. Did, did what <laughs> he that, did what he do meet the legal definition of incitement of insurrection? And I think you can make an, make a case that no, it didn't. You, you if you look at the transcript of his speech at that stop the steel rally, that seems like pretty standard sort of. You know, even if it's, you know, vile, semi-violent political rhetoric, it's the sort of thing we've been hearing for years. And so I think from that strictly legal standpoint, no. But of course, as we said for the first impeachment, that this is not a legal sort of thing. This is a this is a political thing. Uh, Along the same lines, I feel like even uh, even though it wasn't included in this article impeachment. I think a lot of people are thinking about those Georgia calls. Jay, you mentioned those, and, and maybe that should have been another article of impeachment. Again, I don't think there was necessarily a violation of the law there, though some people are arguing that. But again, it's the question of whether or not the president is fit to serve as 
president. And I think you take you take what he did, what he's been doing, and the Georgia calls, the the stop the steal, the incessant big lie sort of thing. That that to me, this is a fairly easy call. Is Donald Trump absolutely should be impeached and removed? My big question, the thing I really wanted to hear from, from both of you is is whether or not you agree with me about that. If you were, say, in the House or in the Senate, if if you would vote to, you know, to remove Donald Trump, to convict him. So uh, where where I come out on, on this, um, uh, you know, I, I look at these uh, and there are sort of three tests, right? And the first is the legal test, right? Is this authorized by law? Is there a legal procedure to do this? Is, you know, do we meet those criteria? Um, and, and I think obviously there there is in this case. Um, I I would agree, and I think uh, they could could get could have gotten uh, more Senate votes if they had pared back the articles uh, and made it something uh, less legalistic and more general, uh, sort of a a gross dereliction of duty uh, type uh, type argument. Because I think that's much harder. For someone to you know poke holes at, right? It's it's much harder to say that there wasn't a, a sort of, um, but yeah, for you know legally, did he incite a riot or insurrection? Yeah, um, but but I think and I'll, I'll I'll throw in this sort of partisan just you know analysis. I I don't think Nancy Pelosi uh, wants to get a Senate conviction. She wants to have a bunch of Republican senators on the record voting against conviction. Um, mm, wow. Um, which again, which is which is a shame because there is a chance here to have sort of a moment of national unity. Um, but, but uh, she's not going to have it. Um, secondly, there's, there's sort of the factual test. And I think this meets the factual test. Um, assuming we had the, the correct legal diagnosis. Uh, if, if everything we understand to be true, obviously we know what he said um, uh, at the rally. Uh, we know what happened after the rally. We know what the, uh, reasonably reasonable foreseeable consequences uh, of what he said were whether or not he incited it uh, uh, but he he certainly understood that that was a possibility um, uh, lit the fuse I think as as Liz Cheney said and then I guess the third test I would look at is the the prudential one right is this a good idea for what it is you want to accomplish and that's where I get more hung up um, uh, the idea is is uh, well impeachment um, uh, throw gas on the fire, or will it be a a a a good uh, bipartisan um, denouncement of of what happened? Um, and I'm 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 on the fence right now. My sense is, if I were in the House, I would have voted to impeach. Uh, if I were, if I'm in the Senate, I would probably vote to convict. Um, based on and again, I, what I I would have to do, I'd have to sort of overlook some of what's going on in the actual articles, right? And and say, but uh, listen, I'm voting to convict because uh, this is is sending the message that what happened is is inexcusable, uh, regardless of whether you call it incitement of riot or or something else. Um, and I think, you know, as, as history would look back, there it's not going to look so much at the uh, language of the articles. It would it would look on um, uh, you know what happened, and then <clears throat> what did what did people do? So that's where I am, and and it's 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 reluctant, right? Because I I very much see the idea that um, this could well throw gas on the fire. 
Um, there's also the weird thing that we've got now of, of to the extent he's convicted, it will be after he's out of office. It could be fairly well after he's out of office. Um, I think that's, I, I, I just don't know how that plays because, um, you know, who the hell would have ever have thought this would happen? I mean, if, if you're looking at, well, what, what would the founders have said? Um, you know, if you approach them, well, can you convict a president after he's out of office? Uh, I think they would just would have like, you know, scratched their, their, their wigged heads and said, well, what are you talking about? Look, it's, you know, it's hot. We're, we're tired. Let's just, let's just get done with this. Um, I, I just, I, you know, as a textualist, I think, uh, I think you could read the, the constitution to say, yeah, you, you can convict someone or uh, convict after they're out of office. Um, but uh, it sometimes gets to the what's what's the point? And I understand the point is so he can't hold office again. But um, uh, you know, if if I don't know, so that's that's where I am. I, I am, uh, and and look, this puts me in the company of uh, a lot of folks at the uh, the Wall Street Journal, a lot of folks at National Review. Um, uh, you know, sort of big conservative uh, right leaning outfits uh, that are in the headlines calling for uh, for impeachment. So. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's where I am. Kristen, I uh, I differ. Um, I would not have voted to impeach, and I'll explain why. So, you know, one of the points that that Jay made, I agree with a lot of what Jay said. Um, one of the points that Jay made was that there are, um, you know, there's sort of this third measure, which is, you know, ultimately, is is this, you know, good for the country? Is this going to, you know, promote healing? Um, this was this was something that a lot of members of Congress in particular were, were coming forth with um, over the last week or so. There were a lot of members of Congress who were on the fence right up until, you know, right up until the end. Um, and they were, they, they were swayed by this. They, they said, well, you know, I feel like, um, you know, the, the incitement was there, but I just don't think this is this is going to promote healing. I think this is just going to increase division. While I don't necessarily think that this is a reason not to vote to impeach, um, you know, I, I agree that it's a valid point, and I and I think it deserves to be um, discussed. Um, although, I, again, I don't think it's a it's it's a reason to vote no for impeachment. Um, and I think, um, you know, I guess one of the things that that Jay brought up that I found really interesting, and it's something I found myself thinking about a lot over the last week, um, is the fact that, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk that Nancy Pelosi um, had, you know, she, there was like this opportunity for her. She wanted to bring the country together. I don't think that's true at all. Um, you know, I think if the last four years, I'm still upset. Um, you know, I think if the last four years hadn't happened, um, you know, if there hadn't been just attempt after attempt after attempt to, you know, and, and, and I'm going to go beyond Trump because I think sometimes it was warranted. The, the criticism of Trump was very much warranted. And, and I've, you know, I've said that. But to smear people who voted for him, his supporters, um, politicians who sided with him on one issue or another, um, just this. And, it, and it's more than just an attempt to smear. I mean, there were attempts to to dox these people, get get people fired. Um, you know, there was, you know, there were people coming out and, and promoting like assaulting, uh, you know, Trump supporters and, and doing these these horrible things. And we had, you know. 
we had another impeachment that that took place not too long ago. So, you know, I, I think, well, I think there are some valid points that were made. You know, I definitely disagree, totally disagree and reject the way that Donald Trump um, acted and, and the things he said. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't for a second believe that Nancy Pelosi was looking to promote any sort of unity. I don't think she saw this as an opportunity to come together. I don't think there, I mean... I don't want to say all Democrats, but I think there are probably very few Democrats who saw this as an opportunity beyond, um, you know, a chance to just, you know, keep sort of digging in their heels and keep pushing and keep pushing. I don't necessarily think that these complaints were frivolous. I, I think I, I think, you know, the issue of impeachment had merit. Um, I think it's something that deserved discussion. But I mean, not for a second do I think that this was an effort of Nancy Pelosi's or, or really any other Democrat in Congress to to, you know, promote this this unity and move on. Not a um, not yeah. a single Democrat in Congress. Congress? So every Democrat. No, no. Okay, I'm just, I'm just, no, no, no. Okay. I, I said no, that, and that's why I qualified <laughs> what I what I said. I do think that there were Democrat. You know, I, I said not every single Democrat felt this way, and I can't okay. say that with any sort of certainty because I do think there are. I think there are people on the right and on the left who are there for all the right reasons. But you know, I guess again, like this is symptomatic of having worked you know, in on political campaigns for so long, like I, I'm a little jaded and, I, and I've worked with some of these people, Jay, I'm sure you can relate. Um, you know, they have a lot of them have these selfish, narcissistic and ulterior motives. And it's not just Republican. I've worked mostly with Republicans. And I say that, you know, it's, it's also Democrats. And I, you know, no, I would never say that all Democrats want to see Republicans fail or all Republicans want to see Democrats fail. I think there are some Republicans and Democrats there who, who are there for the, all the right reasons, who really do want to you know, promote unity. But to a larger extent, I don't think I would include Nancy Pelosi in in that statement. Sure. Maybe not. Mike, yeah. Mike well, let me, let me just, task. let me just respond to the <laughs> unity thing because I understand, I agree unity is important, but you know, before we can move toward unity, if somebody, I mean, you know, Republicans are famously the party of personal responsibility. And before we can come together, people who have committed atrocious and despicable acts have to own up to them. And so I think then if that happens, then it is it is only right and fair that we we try to come together in a spirit of a spirit of reconciliation. But as long as Donald Trump, as long as Ted Cruz, as long as Josh Hawley, Mo Brooks, Jim Jordan continue to push what are clearly egregious lies, then I don't see how there can be any sort of unity. So I agree we need unity and and we should not be demonizing people, you know, for for uh for their past actions if they own up to what they are doing. But but until we do that, until they do that, how can we possibly have unity? How can there be any personal if there's no personal responsibility, the lesson that comes away from this when Donald Trump is not does not suffer any any sort of consequences for this, the lesson to Josh Hawley, the lesson to Ted Cruz and all those ambitious, amoral people, and you're right, they're on the left as well, but the lesson to those people on the right is, hey, this works, and what's my downside? There really is no downside. So that is why Donald Trump should be impeached, well, he was impeached, convicted, and barred from holding office to show that actions have consequences. And that should absolutely be a lesson that Republicans, at least old school Republicans especially, uh, should that should, you know, really kind of resound with them. And I think it has, you know, from the Wall Street Journal, National Review, as you said, Jay. 
So, and, and Chris, Kristen, just so you know, Mike, Mike often takes me to task for being too cynical um, and uh, jaded. Um, but, but I think you and I have both, uh, uh, you know, we we've played the game and, and we've sort of seen this. And what what you just said goes to my point of the, the how do you deal with the, um, uh, you know, say yes, we'll take the high road, and and then mm-hmm. you're going to get get completely clocked for doing it. Um, and and I think, Mike, I think where we disagree with you, I, I agree. You they ought to have responsibility. Yeah, but I the way too. the way um, uh, Pelosi designed the the articles of impeachment are such that um, they're geared toward to create a, uh, uh, a a partisan split. She's she's looking for a vote to use against people, yeah. uh, not for a vote uh, uh, to to show that we all condemn this. Right. Because there's. Oh, I totally disagree with that. I mean, you can make a reasonable you can make a reasonable good faith case that what Donald Trump did was incite insurrection. And so the idea that that, you can make that case, you can make that case. But let me let me tell you this. If if you're if you're going to the jury and asking them to convict and you you've got one case of, uh, look, uh, we're going to charge this guy with aggravated murder, Uh, aggravated murder one. you know, there's all these these elements that that you have to prove, or jury, you could also convict him of manslaughter. And if the goal is to get a conviction, then you go with the manslaughter. manslaughter. I understand because your yeah, I understand your argument, that, but I that think it's too unity. That gets you enough votes in the Senate. It doesn't. Um, no, it doesn't. See, yeah. because if it had been just a broad kind of vague, not citing any sort of legal things, then what what the response would have been for the for the exact same number of people who aren't going to vote to convict is well, look at there's not even any sort of legal violation. How could how can we convict him and remove him if everything he did was perfectly within the law? There would be no way to win no, on I, this. I think I think I think that would be a tough I think that'd be a tougher no not tougher at all. argument to make and you would have you would have people like Cruz uh not Cruz I'm sorry <laughs> you wouldn't have people like Cruz uh you would have people like McConnell and uh Romney and uh uh Sass and and many others making the the moral idea that that look yes a this kind of gross dereliction of duty uh, uh does uh, uh count as a, a high crime or misdemeanor um, sure, you're going to uh, have those particularly, people, particularly when it's when yeah. it's directed against uh, a, a co-equal branch of the government. No, nah, it's, it's right? not going to matter. This is some some criminal uh, offense, uh, and impeachment is is mainly right. One of its it's the, the big purposes of it is to guard that that balance of power between the three different branches. Um, so I think you, I just think you would have had you would have a much better chance. Uh, at a conviction, and I still think you do have a chance, although it 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 wanes as time goes on, right? Because people are going to become less angry, and you know, three months from now, um, you know, who knows where we'll be? But the news cycle I, moves on too quickly. Yeah, I doubt. <laughs> well, I, I doubt think this is a little uh, bit different. This is a this is a this is a breaching of the Capitol and insurrection against the government. I don't think this is a well, we forget this in a week sort of thing. But and again, oh, I I think in a week, but you may forget it in in a couple months, and there may be. Yeah. There may there may well be um, uh, look there was a, there was a great little Babylon B headline um, the other day of um, uh, out of work waitress uh, excited to see that. Congress spending time impeaching Trump again yeah. Um, that yeah six months from now people may say what the hell he's out of office who cares great um, and and so I think I think that's why the the longer the time runs and and look for Biden's 
point of view, right? I mean, the best thing for Joe Biden would be to make sort of a, a wonderful denouncing statement about how terrible Trump is. Uh, and absolutely, he ought to be convicted. But you know what? We got bigger priorities uh, right now. We need to move forward. He's he's gone. Uh, and let's let's start moving forward. And I think that that would be a, a great message. It would oh, enable God, him no. to get stuff moving quicker uh, I, I, than being held up with. I with, think uh, that would no. That would be that would be awful. That would be a travesty because for for what Donald Trump did. There have to be consequences. And if Joe Biden and everyone doesn't try to extract what are reasonable and fair consequences for his for his disgraceful actions, then that sends a message. And I think that's and whether it's maybe it's not because it's not going to be conviction. There's there aren't going to be the votes in the Senate to to convict uh, Donald Trump. I'm I'm positive that there might be Mm -hmm. half a dozen. Maybe you might get up to 10 or so. But after that, it's just not going to happen. Now, another option is the 14th Amendment, as a lot of folks have pointed out. Section three of the 14th Amendment essentially Mm -hmm. says that anyone who's engaged in insurrection or given aid and comfort to insurrectionists cannot hold federal or state office. And so how that would potentially work now, this obviously has been used since after the Civil War. Which was was intended for Jefferson Davis. Yeah, (laughs) but, But how that would work would be presumably Congress through a majority vote. Could vote that could could essentially, you know, because Congress has the authority through appropriate legislation in in Section five to enforce the provisions of the 14th Amendment. So they could presumably legislatively say that Donald Trump is, in fact, someone who gave aid and comfort insurrectionists and therefore he cannot hold federal or state office. And that would only require a majority vote in both chambers. Now, it would still require it would still be. Uh, subject to a filibuster, so it would require sixty votes in the the Senate to get past that. But that's I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you know, and I think in the end, what is going to happen, uh, and this will be this is my prediction, is there will be no significant consequences for Donald Trump, and and that is going to be a, a truly horrible thing. Let me just throw in this this little bit though about my uh, idea of I don't want to say amnesty because that's that's certainly not what I'm proposing. Um, but keep in mind if, uh, impeachment, a trial proceeds and it goes slowly, you could be six months into the Biden presidency and what's going to be the main topic of discussion. It's going to be Donald Trump. He will still control everything. He will still control the agenda. He will still control it. It will still, he'll, he'll keep that alive. Um, and, uh, it, you know, the longer it drags on, the more he would become a martyr uh, to to his followers. Yeah, a trial uh, would take a couple of weeks at most, given. given yeah. And so I, I don't see that. And also, I know there's still there's a debate over whether or not the Senate can actually uh, do, go through the impeachment trial and conduct sure. other business. And there's some precedent for that in the in the Clinton impeachment. And it, it seems like that's a McConnell suggested that's a question for the Senate parliamentarian. But but in any case, again, I, I understand the argument that it slows down things. But given given the threat to I mean, given the. the the severity of what Donald Trump has done, that's a, that's a price I would say if things are a little bit slower. I think this is so important. This strikes at the fundamental trust in democracy that everything else stems from, that not doing everything within reasonable you – know, within reason to 
hold Donald Trump accountable is a huge, colossal mistake. And, you know, just to sort of add on to some of these points, um, you know, as you guys were talking, I, I found myself kind of drifting towards the big question of, you know, how tragic is it in so many ways that there are so many Americans who don't follow this and don't care about it, that don't care about these conversations. And, you know, it's I know it's cliche to say that. I know it's cliche to say that, you know, there are a lot of people who are, in fact, on both sides who are, in fact, low information. But, you know, obviously, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, if you're listening to any political podcast, you're in the minority of Americans who truly care about some of these deeper issues, who, you know, want to see a national conversation about election, you know, security, who want to see a national conversation about Donald Trump and, and what happened and insurrection and, you know, all of these bigger issues we're talking about. But, you know, I think it I think it just speaks to, you know, where we are as a country, this like sense of reflexive hatred, um, you know, and I and I. I, I applaud you guys for for having this debate. Um, I think these are questions that we that we need to ask and we need to consider. And I, you know, while I do think that I agree, I agree with Mike that you know a, a trial, um, you know, whether you agree that a trial should take place or not, it would be very quick. Um, I also agree with Jay that you know essentially what it would do is it would um, you know cause Donald Trump to live rent free in people's minds and, and exactly. in the minds of the media for for months and months and months and months. So I think we have to weigh both of these, you know, like, yes, it, it you know, a trial would be fast. And yes, there are a lot of Americans. And, and, and I acknowledge that openly. There are a lot of Americans on both sides who feel that he should be tried um, and that this needs to be part of the conversation. And but I also think that, like, sometimes we give too much credit to the behavior of the media and the behavior of of mainstream Americans who aren't listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and podcasts like it. I, I, well, I disagree on the, that the trial will be fast. But my last, my last point. I know this has been a crazy long freeform type, of, but <laughs> I, I just want to point out by historical precedent, um, Abraham Lincoln in his his uh, second inaugural uh, said, "Let us let us proceed with uh, charity towards all and malice towards none." Um, and and look, if you want to talk about divisive times, that was literally days weeks after after a war of of people shooting at each other uh it was a war over slavery right the biggest issue we've got and and um so to the extent that um uh look obviously those people who are far more more culpable than than what Donald Trump would be but Lincoln looked at this and said it look I can I can either take the, the kind of the vengeance route or the healing route, and he chose the healing route. Now, again, to my to my high road uh, argument, um, people could point out he got shot a week later. So, um, uh, you know, I I, I I just I just want to point point out that there there is historical precedent for in divisive times, uh, presidents stepping up and saying, "Look, uh, we need to move move forward," um, and and. And uh, I think, yes, the other example would be Gerald Ford uh, and and things didn't didn't work out great for him electorally either. But um, uh, I, I think I think there's there's an opportunity. There's a play there for for Biden um, and, uh, and and Pelosi if they choose to take it. But let's be clear, the union didn't you know, the union didn't say, you know, let's stop fighting the South. 
Because they believed that they were wrong and the union forces were right about the fact right. that they were wrong. So, yeah, there was a time but for at that point, one reconciliation. Point the, union, the union had already won. Um, right. But the, I'm saying point. the war had to be fought. So this would be yeah. allowing – I mean, anyway, that's – yeah. But, right. but, and, they yeah. Let, and they let the Confederates keep their guns on the way home, right? Yeah. So – all right. Well, like you said, Jay, this has been kind of a long, freeform sort of sort of thing. And you know, before, I love it. <laughs> before before we do go, Kristen, you have a you have a kind of an announcement, I guess you could say, for us. And so, why don't we kind of why don't you t- tell folks about that? Oh yeah. So um, just to to let everybody know, um, I, I'm not leaving the podcast forever. Um, I am actually. It's very exciting. I'm going to be taking a couple of months uh, off to actually embark on kind of a little side hustle project, um, some consulting work that I've been asked to do with a couple of other people. And it um, actually directly relates to a lot of the things that I studied in grad school and some of the things I specialized in in the past. So I'm excited to kind of get back to my academic roots and, um, you know, to maybe embark on something that, that, you know, could be exciting in the future. And, you know, over the next couple of months, like, you know, I've been talking to Mike about this. I'm excited about it. I, I will be back. <laughs> um, but, you know, there I might miss some shows here and there. I'll try to come on, um, you know, as much as I possibly can. But this project's going to require some travel and it'll be mostly on weekends. So, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get to be on every scheduled show, but I will do my best. And, you know, I'm, I'm still here. I'm not really going anywhere. I'm just taking a little hiatus. So... <laughs> All right, and 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 we will be. Uh, you will certainly be Miss Kristen, and I will be very I'll happy you when guys. you're back on a regular basis. So yeah. uh, I, I'll miss this show a lot. I, I, but I will be back and uh, and 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 ready to go. <laughs> yes, we did. We didn't want. We didn't want anyone to think that we were deplatforming Kristen. And <laughs> and, and by and by no the way. That that is something that actually we're going to be talking about on our bonus show, the Donald Trump's deplatforming, and just in general that whole you know social media thing, and that's right up your alley, Kristen, for sure. And yeah. and with any luck, we can also have an opportunity to get into an actual policy story. Uh, the, uh, President-elect Biden's American Rescue Plan, a $1.9 trillion, all kinds of stuff in there. And I'm sure you guys have some pretty strong views on that. And maybe even, depending on how things go, a little bit about the future of the Republican Party. And I doubt we'll have time for listener questions, but maybe one or two. I don't know. So if you are a Patreon supporter, uh, that will be in your feed uh, midweek. I think Wednesday usually pops up. And if you aren't a Patreon supporter, just go to patreon.com slash politics guys to sign up. And again, remember that if financial considerations prevent you from doing that right now, just send me an email, mikeypoliticsguys.com, and I will get you set up with full access to that second weekly episode. And one thing, again, that is, is completely free that we really do appreciate is if you could subscribe to the show, leave ratings and reviews, and especially if you would share episodes on social media. If you just generally want to reach us, it's mail at politicsguys.com. You can also check us out on Facebook and uh, Twitter at Politics Guys, and you can find URLs there in the show notes. And a special thanks to our executive producers, Bruce Johnson, Wilma Moreno, Andra Masker, Daniel Toe, Chris Wilkerson, and Nathan Sosnowski. We'll be back with a new show next week. We hope you'll join us.